Welcome to Bonehead Weekly. And this week, we're talking about something that James has always wanted to talk about, how he loves watching other couples, following other couples, lusting. Especially in the park. In the park. It's yeah. nice. I mean, if, if it's not too hot, you don't want to be out there when it's too hot. In the park. I think Van Dillon Heroin. What? <laughs> anyway, so we're talking about the best, our favorite couples in screen history. Now, I'm curious to see where the other two yahoos go with this. <laughs> I can guess this may shock you, Joe, but I've been accused of having weird taste in what I consider romance. So. Yeah, me too. Mine, and and you use the word romance. I've got. So I have one, two, three, four, five. I'm not going to do all of them. Okay. No, we but, may end up doing two parts out of this before, so or more but, episodes about this because it's is, a lot. Are we doing couples as in two people who love each other or romantic couples? No, I think it was I think, never explained in the. No, no, I was going to say, and that was intentional because I do think there are some people that work really well as couples that are not romantic. So that's, yeah, a, see, that's a good th- And that's what I struggled with, guys. All of mine are romantic. And I, I kept throwing ones out because I'm like, ooh, these this is technically a couple, but no, wait, are they friends? Or do they just have good chemistry together? Did, so, they, da- did they dance in a fountain, Chad? Because they said they're friends. <laughs> dude, I mean, dude, that, dude. that was a 3% joke at best. So in order to narrow down my list, I put I, I did romantic couples for this one. I'm just going to okay. Most of mine are romantic couples, yeah. too, but they're yeah. not the uh, traditional, if you know what I mean. And and Joe, like I said, Joe has a lot. I stopped at nine uh, because oh, I, I, have. Kept, I, I kept going and going and going. And I'm like, nope, nope, stop. And so I have nines because I'm like, I need to have backups of backups because some of these are really on the nose. And I'm like, I'm wondering if, if one of you guys are going to grab them. Uh, my first one is not, and I'm sure it's going to tick at least one of you off. What is it? <laughs> I've probably got I've probably got 15 I could do, Chad. But by all means, we're not going to do them all. I have nine or ten. Um, I actually have eight written down, and then I have well, one. Well, why don't we let Chad answer. start since he's yeah, going to make us angry? That one always one drives the episode. Off. Go ahead, Chad. I don't know if you're going to make it angry, but you're going to go, oh, my God, you have three picks, and this is what you chose. I'll kill what you love. What? No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say it. 1986 Howard the Duck, Howard the Duck and Leah Thompson. Why? Yeah, I agree. Why did you choose that? <laughs> no, it I can't dig it. I can she dig does it. have sex with a duck. She has sex with a. So, well, you mean one of the only it, time yeah. it happens on film in okay. a movie that got rated by the MPAA? <laughs> Le- Leah Thompson's character, Beverly Switzler. I honestly, it's weird. The movie's not good. Hold on. Can I say something? Lord Love a Duck. Go ahead, Chad. <laughs> that should be on your list. It it, it really isn't for other <laughs> That to me is one of the most bizarre films of the 60s ever greenlit. I, I agree with you. I've watched it uh, based on Joe's recommendation and woof, man. Um, that scene, I'm telling you, with him and his daughter. Daughter is creepy on as hell. Um, no, so the movie, again, it, it has a special place in my heart because it was it was one of those movies, see those types of movies when we were kids, and I absolutely adored it. I watched it last year, and I admit it. It's like, what man, this is a hard to get through, but some of the effects still hold up. I agree. But how creatures coming from outer space and all that stuff, it still looks pretty yeah. good. It was taught, it was Luke, that was some of my ILM's best work. Even Howard the Duck's Planet is amazing, yeah. Um, but Howard and his and his relationship with Beverly it really connects in this movie in such a weird way. You're talking about a three foot duck and 
the very attractive Leah Thompson. And you're like, there should not be this kind of chemistry here, but there is a very strong uh, chemistry there where they love each other there, even though it's, it shouldn't be working. And that's why it made my list because it's so unique and it should not work, but it's one of those things in the movie that absolutely connects. And I, you have to give it to Leah Thompson. Yeah, she, I agree. She does an amazing job with this. Um, given what she's given, what she was, was yeah, given she's for this given what she got. Yeah, I know. I'm duck. getting tongue tied. Um, so yeah, that's my first pick, guys. I was like, I'm neither one of you were ever going to mention that, and I was like, I was wondering who was going to give me the weird look and who was going to go, "You're out of your mind." And it was both no, of us. No. Mm-hmm. I think he's a little out of his mind. I wouldn't I, have picked that one. Well. I, so yeah, I again, I have a whole list, and I was like, nope, this it's the weirdest one, so it gets the first mention. I'm having a hard time, if you don't mind me going next, because I have so many, but so am I, So many of mine are either offbeat, or they don't really fall into this, or one of them is just a hateful, hateful as person. As offbeat as Howard the Duck and Leah Thompson? I don't have somebody fucking the duck in this, no, but okay. a little bit offbeat, and I can't this the first one I'm going to say isn't really my first pick as much as I want to talk to you all about they are a couple and it's one of my favorite on-screen love stories ever told but nobody speaks a word and it lasts 10 minutes and I'm talking about Ellie and Carl and up and you know we it's less than 10 minutes that we find out about Carl's backstory before the actual movie starts and I don't even know that uh that I knew that the wife's name was Ellie that he falls in love with and they're soulmates and it's told in 10 minutes. It's told exactly how they meet, how they happens, what, what goes wrong, how they still love each other. She dies. And why he's pissed off in that house. Yeah. yeah. And, and won't leave everything you need to know happens. It, and there's terms, no dialogue in terms of cinema history. It has to be one of the best openings ever made, ever, ever, ever created. I mean, well, it's, and I don't know anybody. A that, love story. Yeah, I don't know no anybody has made me cry within the first ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna that, say. That did it in two time, two separate times. So, yeah, yeah. Well, and I think nobody. I mean, that's it. I think that's the power of that film. And it, it, again, Joe has had this conversation before. It's when people say that animation is for you know children. If no. you're, I don't care if you're seventy years old. If you can sit down and watch that, and be like, oh, this is kid stuff. There's something wrong with you. You're being oblivious. And uh, t- uh, eat, uh, also uh, yeah. eat shit. Yeah. yeah, eat shit, but also just oblivious. It's like watching Wally and saying this is kid stuff. Yeah, some of it is, but no, it's a movie made that just works on many different levels. Yeah. So I've talked about Bluey on here. I was joking about it before, and but I, it came up again. This I came up amongst people I was talking with who are all forty years old and educated, who have children, and were watching. And then one of the ladies said, "You know, I have a crush on Bandit." And I said, "Excuse me." And she started explaining to me why. And Bandit is Bluey's dad in the show. And she mm-hmm. and I said, "I get it. I totally get it." I, I totally understand. And then we started talking about scenes and, and stuff. I was like, yep, I've watched it so many times. Yeah, I get it. Totally get it. Up, Ellie and Carl. Oh, then whoever man. she is can't can't uh, can't judge me for uh, having n- dirty thoughts about April O'Neil from the original Teenage Mutant. Well, and I shared that I had dirty thoughts about Jessica Rabbit, and it's Laurel. So <laughs> don't ask why I was talking to Laurel about her sleeping what? with Bandit. It's, but... it's so funny, well, she though. She did a crush she didn't say sleep with. But what, no, what's so funny about this, though, 
Joe, is as you know, my kids are out of all of our kids, mine are the oldest, so we're kind yeah, of yeah, past, yeah, yeah, yeah. And past, I, look, but 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 what I wanted to say was there were some other fathers of of uh, that had kids that were older, and they were talking. And this was a line that I heard, and I was like, oh, okay, that's it's funny because since I know you all, you all have young kids, I'm aware of Bluey, even if I haven't seen it. And there was a great moment where one of the dads said, yeah, one of the other parents told me that I reminded them of Bandit, and I had no idea. But then I just happened to mention that vaguely in front of other parents that had younger children. They're like, oh, that's a huge compliment. Take that yeah. as a compliment and run with it. Take the compliment. And I was like, oh, okay. So there you go. He's a really good dad and husband who's incredibly flawed. Yeah. But he's not he's not oafish like Homer. Yeah. He's just well, like any he's just a person who tries and is kind of flawed. He's inbred. (laughs) Well, that's a whole other thing. There (laughs) is a whole episode about how the chow chows can't play in the mud because of the goats. Just FYI. Oh anyway. But Ellie and Carl, that's me from up. I, I, my, you know, the counter argument I would make against my pick is it, it's just the first 10 minutes of the movie. However, it is a complete love story with everything you need to know. And never once do you think, you know what? Carl's an asshole. You go, man, Carl, fuck them people. Blow them balloons up and get the fuck out of there. You've had enough. Right? Right. Never not once do you do you not identify with Carl. Going, yeah, you've had enough shit, Carl. You go live off somewhere else. And hold on, you're saying the name wrong, Carl. There we go, <laughs> Carl. Carl. Oh, that kills people. <laughs> I had a rumbly in my tumbly for human hands, <laughs> Carl. Uh, James, are you up? I am up. I am up, and I'm going to start with. I actually. My wife and I both agree that this couple works for us. Now, it's an open relationship in many ways, but once you find out who it is, you understand Once why. you find out what about your relationship between you and Dana. Then no, you, no, no. We, we are. Uh, we are. know about our sex. No, no. And matter of fact, I don't know about it. And if I, if I wake up spelled ether again, I'm going to call the cops. But I wanted to do a couple lines. no way me. to be. Don't be stingy <laughs> with it, James. Um, Share that love. Um, that booty booty. I want to I want to share a couple lines from the two people that are in this relationship because they're lines that I love and 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 this this it just gives you an insight into it. Let me let me read a couple lines here. There is nothing more devastating than finding out that your husband has made porn and it's so bloody boring. Um, a joke has a punchline and you wouldn't know a punchline if it ran over your scrotum with a penny farthing. Sounds British. Uh, that's my good lady wife. I don't think she wants to see that. And then uh, recently I have been seeing another man. He doesn't see me, though, because I sneak behind him. <laughs> I speak of the phenomenal couple that is Laszlo and Nadja from the television show What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There is no better couple because Laszlo has honestly had sex with everything. James, uh, have you watched uh, this uh, this past week's episode? I just watched it. Literally, Dana okay. and I watched it about. I am three I seasons behind. It's one of those things I eventually want to go and catch. <laughs> oh, I just, I mean, they're both so out of touch with reality. Yeah, <laughs> they have an open relationship, as this week's episode shows. Yeah. Um, 
but at the same time, they are oddly protective of one another, but also <laughs> really fed up with one another at the same time, right? It's almost one of those, I love you so much, I can't stomach you anymore. But at the same time, please get away from There's an entire multi-episode plot about how he has the cursed hat that was cursed by a witch. And every time he wears it, terrible things happen. But he won't give it up. <laughs> and she gets so furious at him, but at the same time, will not stop him from wearing it because it means so much to him. And I think there's something fascinating about that sort of couple, right? I mean, we all know those people that are married to someone that does things that drive them nuts, but at the same time, they obviously still love them. They just don't always like them. Right. And I think a really compelling Is couple. he talking about marriage or is he talking about bonehead? Um, yes, I think we're, we're the, that's like, the best that, answer. That, that was that, the best answer. I agree with you. I yes. think that actually that's should a be Phil Spillman answer, by the way. I, blah, I blah, think, blah, blah, blah. Yes. I think that should be our slogan. We're the Laszlo and nausea of, of podcast. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's just a really, for a farcical show about vampires living in Staten Island. It's a pretty well-realized relationship of if you had been with somebody for hundreds of years. You're just going to have to learn to deal with parts of it. You're going to do certain things, but they are really... There's actually a really sweet scene. Spoiler, Joe, I know you haven't got there. But at the end of one season, when they, when he realizes he has to take care of somebody and he doesn't want to leave, but she has to leave, he literally send somebody else in his place, but gives us says, make sure she's okay. Make sure above all else, if you fail me, I'll kill you. Make sure she's okay. At, but at the same time, he's this horn dog of a character. He's just, and so I think it's a really compelling. There's obviously love between them, but at the same time, it's kind of like we've talked about before, all these vampire films that show them wealthy and relaxed. That's yeah. not this show either. They are, at times really bored and really just, oh, what are we going to do now? And they're not always having fun. They're not always. And I think that makes their couple coupling so fascinating because they are, they're in an open relationship, but they're also fiercely loyal and protective of one another on some weird level while they will constantly mock one another at the same time. Right. So yeah, if, if you've never seen what we do in the shadows, and you want to know what my relationship is outside of it being open because mine's not. But as far as how my wife, treats, I think you protest too much. As far as that's how my wife told, that's not what he told me with that bottle of a uh, Pinot Grigio. Uh, what were you doing I, as with far as Pinot and, Grigio? Um, I'm sorry, Pinot Gorgio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Say that's all like you could a real afford. French man. <laughs> but once again, I mean. My wife would say something to me, like, you wouldn't know a punchline if it ran over your scrotum with a penny farthing. That would be something I could see my wife saying to me. So there you go. Chad. <laughs> uh, guys, I'm going to apologize if this made one of your all's What's well, about time? It's, you know, uh, there's a, you better make a long list. I was struggling uh, which, which one, but uh, I'm afraid. Can you one apologize of... in songs sort of like, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. I am <laughs> sorry. I, wanted, you. I, I, wanna, I'm I wanted sorry. To... I'm sorry, Mr. Thomas. You can go fuck yourself. Oh, he insulted you, James. I don't know. I mean, it's probably... You know how he insulted you? Did you catch it? Oh, I did. I wasn't going to say anything, it's though. the Ghostbusters insult that I didn't get to yeah. in my 30s where, where Peck keeps saying, Mr. 
<laughs> and uh, since Joe's just said it, uh, Peter Bankman and Dana Barrett in the Ghostbusters no. are my second pick. No, I didn't pick it. It didn't even. Yeah. It didn't even occur to me, really. Oh, really? No, it really didn't. <laughs> yeah it 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 was one of those instant ones because the chemistry between Bill Murray and Sigourney Weaver throughout three those three films is phenomenal. Um, you see, uh, that's the bedroom. Nothing ever happens in there. <laughs> well, that's a shame. Chad's really more like a game show host. Who is? Chad. I'm just Me. doing he was doing lines from Ghostbusters. I was doing Oh, lines. sorry. It confused the hell out of me. It's all from the same scene. <laughs> I know, but I just I got lost. In all fairness, you know how Rubik's Cubes confuse uh some people? Yeah, uh Chad wanted. got confused by those letter cubes you got as a kid, the blocks with letters on them. He, were, he was confused. You get so mad that you'd take the blocks out and reinsert them to cheat. No. See, I, did did I. <laughs> <laughs> I never No, I don't know what Jeez, <laughs> what a loser would do. I that. would not I would not after after Mr. Rubik's put all that time putting them cubes together, I wouldn't do such a thing to well, his I was talking about the letter ones. I actually took the stickers off a Rubik's Cube one time to cheat. Chad. <laughs> I was thinking of the the big the plastic ball where you had like the triangle and the square and the circle. Just break it open in two and then put them in there and then close it back up. You don't have to worry about thinking about the which no, shape goes in what I hole. I think you were just playing with a stick with a hole in it. <laughs> That's all we ball had. in a cup. Ball in a cup. We were pole. Um, no, uh, I just feel like in terms of uh, when you think of couples in movies, that this is one of those perfect choices. Um, because, like I said, through the, sp the, the span of three films, you see the relationship start. You see instant chemistry between the two, even though Sigourney Weaver wants nothing to do with him. He just keeps plugging, plugging. And then, of course, you know, as, as they're getting somewhere, he finally turns into a dog. He shoots her up with Thorazine. He took yeah. 300 cc's of Thorazine out on a date. I <laughs> It once again didn't occur to me until the last five, 10 years. And in the last five years, about every six months, it shows up on gifts and memes and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> why, why does Peter Vickman have Thorazine with him on that date? It makes you wonder. I, and why didn't he use the roofies that were in his back pocket? Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, in part two, they're broke up, but they still, there's that chemistry that those two, that only those two can portray Sigourney and, and, and Murray. You know, there is a really, really good, because I've had to watch it so many times, and my son's obsessed with Ghostbusters, and also I am too, but I've had to watch it so many times, and there's a really good scene in Ghostbusters 2 where Bill Murray is doing a really good job of acting when he looks down at, uh, and I, I go back and check it out. It's really good. It's so believable when he looks down at Oscar and goes, I um, I could have been your dad. I, well, I, I, sh I, I should have been. Yeah. No, it's a good no. I know it's and, know, and, it's and, and if you watch it now, the most of the movie is is flawed. And I know I love it. It's not as flawed as people say it is, but it's flawed. no, it's not. But he actually that's a performance. That one yeah. little thing that's not him phoning and, it in. And their connect and their connection, I think, is great in that film. Mm -hmm. Again, it's just it, and then of course, it's not shown a lot, but that final the that after the credit scene in in Afterlife just made me so happy it's one it's it's i'm not a big fan of fan service i'm not 
a lot of times I can't, if, if there's fan service in a movie, it pulls me out of it. But that was one where I'm like, oh, good. You know, it's one of the best me. fan service films ever made. Is I know, but it was well done. I, and I, I loved it. Not oh, no, it's, as Joe Lewis has said, that was for us. It's for the fans. It was yeah. not meant for critics. It was not meant for. And people who are not huge Ghostbuster fans, I've had a couple go, you really liked it that much? I mean, it was okay. And I go, it wasn't made for you. Yeah. yeah. It just wasn't. We all watched it, and we're like, oh. Chad and I, James w- went with me the second show, and Chad called me up the next day, and we reviewed well, it. I called you the day after, the day I saw it. <laughs> well, you, that was the next day. It was that same. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. And you were, we talked about it out, and I was like, yeah, no, it was made for us. Well, no, and I mean, I think, so, and then I went and took my kids, because I had to see it first. Because if they asked me a question during the movie, I'd hate to have to hurt my own child. Right. Uh, that's a joke. I would not hurt my own child. That's why I don't take him with me. Oh, that's uh, right. We I saw it with you first. I thought yeah. I saw it with Q yes. first, but I didn't. I, then I went and picked up Q and then took him. Yeah. 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 No, I saw. But, but I mean, if you, I think part of it, if you're of a certain age, because it even got to my wife. The the ending got to. I mean, and and Bill Murray's line there. I thought he might show up. I mean, I think it got, if you were a certain age, and, and also, quite frankly, if you're still dealing with the fact that, you know, the actual actor is dead, and it was all our chance. This is our... If you're actually dealing with the fact that Harold Ramis gave you so much of your childhood, remove yep. him from Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. And if he never did Ghostbusters, he gave you so much entertainment. Yeah. And, it's uh, honestly, and Joe, Ghostbusters and I'll be to go along with it. Uh, it's it's and I don't uh, I, increasingly I think I'll never get a chance to meet him. But honestly, it's going to be something happens to Dan Aykroyd. I don't because I love Blues Brothers and I love I mean. So I don't even Dan I don't even want to think about that happening. I but you know um, what I mean. Like that's yeah. going to be one of those days. Then why are where you planning to murder him? I'm not planning to murder him. Well, I that, once that. again, I've already said I don't think I'll get a chance to meet him. I think I'd get to meet him if I was going to murder him, Joe. That's how that works. You're like, hey, I'm here you're to kill you. Yourself enough credit. No, I mean, I don't know. It. I'd like to do. But that's one of those things, by the way, that if you'll know if I've ever done something cool. I was reading online recently. There was uh, some uh, some screenwriters saying, listen, if you want to be a screenwriter, start doing scripts now. Because the longer this drags out, the more likely they're ready to say, hey, we just need as many scripts as we can get to find something that'll work. So it sounds terrible, but being honest, you mm-hmm. need to just do this. This, this is the time... A lot of people got their foot in the door the last time this happened in the 60s. Do it now. And I was sitting there thinking, honestly, if I did something and they let me get away with anything, you would know that my fan cast would be, or my, would be like, I don't care what role he has. Dan Aykroyd needs to be in our film. Your entire script is about um, a all-woman's boarding school during the Great Depression. Yeah, I don't know what you're going to do, but that's my one requirement. Are they, fr- are they practicing thing. French kissing? <laughs> no, not... Dude. Well, let me shoot you. Hold on, my idea hold on. <laughs> I was gonna say, hold on, Joe. Once again, I thought it was my script. It's never gonna get made, and it's probably it went for artistic, but you know where it ended up. Yep. Speaking of that, I just uh, off topic, and then Joe, I'll let you do your pick. Um, while I was on the Ghostbusters, uh, I had Ghostbusters pulled up, and I looked. Uh, I was like, oh, there's Jennifer Runyon, the one who played the girl student. Mm-hmm. I clicked on her, and I looked at. Uh, a movie she did recently and i'm like why have we not watched this in 2017 she made blood sucker jones versus the creeping death i and went to school with blood sucker jones 
and uh, that's a sequel and it says bloodsucker jones and his friends must battle zombies weight gain and tumbleweeds they attempt to save the world from certain doom dude i have been battling weight gain and tumbleweeds all my life (laughs) all right joe go (laughs) all right i thought i'd steal this one from one of you all actually and i thought chad would pick this one so i was kind of shocked in fact i almost didn't go with my other one because i wanted to get this one in first but i'm going with albert and armand from the birdcage Oh yeah, no, that's great, and it's, it's that's, that's another good. one that's Nathan that's, Lane and Robin Williams nail it and just everything. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Joe. I, I, that's I, a movie that's better, and it's also a remake that's better than the original. Yep. It just it was written by uh, Elaine May and Mike Nichols, and Nichols and May were a famous comedy duo in the fifties and sixties. I am ashamed I didn't put I didn't get it on my list. I didn't even think about it. But and if you never heard of it, it's about two uh two gay dads whose son falls in love with a lady uh, with a woman whose mom and dad it's Callista Flockhart whose mom and dad is played by Gene Hackman and oh my god uh um Weiss Diane Weiss right Diane Weiss, and there he's a conservative politician who is in the middle of embroiled in a controversy and he's trying to get it out of it and he goes down to Miami where they have a nightclub called the Birdcage and it's filled with gay men and 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 hijinks ensue right yeah and the reason that movie okay so yeah that's a comedy but the reason that movie holds up to many viewings is because the relationship between albert and armand yeah and also gene hackman not understanding what's happening when they they, (laughs) that's true that's true well gene hackman (laughs) playing is straight i don't Uh, understand i don't understand i don't understand but but you know right. that's oddly enough it's what one of the fallouts of that film not fallout i guess it's a good thing but at that time that film was made nathan lane wasn't publicly out, out. Mm-hmm. right and i guess at one point and somebody can go back and fact check me but i believe they were promoting the film on oprah or something and she was leading a question toward that direction yeah it was and oprah. if you go, it was oprah and if you go back and watch robin williams saved it more yeah. or less just came in and just and so i say that to say that relationship must have had some real world parallels in that robin williams cared about nathan lane cared about where he was and all that stuff and i think that's one of the reasons it works on in the film is there was some mutual respect for those between those actors as well yeah because the birdcage was nicholas was uh nathan lane's first big movie and he was afraid if he came out that would be the end of it live action right he shot the fame he was a broadway star but he shot yeah, the, fame it, the, lion, the that lion king. king yeah yeah lion king were the same thing but it was yeah 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 you're right no it was the first where you oh though that's nathan lane and you can see him on the screen yeah right yeah that was his first big breakout film and he was so afraid of being outed that it would just halt his career at that point um and he they went on oprah and of course oprah being the the lovely person that she is was trying to bring it out of him and robin just came in and swooped in and said no we're not doing this but of course he didn't say that but he did you know robin williams performance again rest in peace you know he's go one of those back people. and watch that i i just think albert armand is what holds the movie together yeah and, it does albert's getting older who's played by nathan lane and he doesn't feel quite as attractive it's just there's a lot of layers uh, and about an older couple and, and armand and armand talking about how legitimately he loves mm-hmm. him to his son you know when 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 he thinks he's cheating on him and armand says you know look how could i you know things like that it's it's great yep 
Now, who's up next? I James. All right, I'm going to talk about another one. And again, I consider, uh, obviously, as I as I started with Najee and Lanzla, romance or couples that work for me are not the ones that always get along. But this is a couple that we never see do much severe arguing, even though we know that they likewise are going to, if they're lucky, spend eternity together. And that's Adam and Barbara in Beetlejuice. Yeah. The Maitlands are... They're so boring authentic yeah yeah and that's it like they and matter of fact if you i don't know if y'all have listened to the musical soundtrack no um but they do an entire song about how and that's the turning point in the musical they start to realize oh my god we are boring and we're just filling up our life with stuff mm-hmm. now, and that's from the musical but i think even in the musical they're they're not parents so they don't have and i i, I don't mean this and and it may well they there's this there's there's that scene where clearly there's a reason why they can't because you know and because she says it to her she goes this house would be so much better for a you know with with a family and then she has that sad face yeah yeah but but then they do become parents to Lydia when she really needs parents because mm-hmm. her own parents aren't doing it they're not they're right. not where they need to be um but they're not they're never separated even in death and they really. Like, I read somewhere that some uh somebody that said, you know, uh, Adam's character does a lot of the I wear the pants around here when he knows he doesn't, because he does respect Barbara and Barbara lets him have that mentality when he needs to have it, right? right. But they're really just they're really they really are made for one another, right. and it's such a believable as you said, it's a worn in relationship where both of them have hit they're comfortable. Comfortable that's what they're going to be yeah and that's what they're going to be and i think that's what makes it makes it that much more of an entertaining film is that you literally have milk toast encounter beetlejuice i mean that's that's it the parallels you've got two supernatural sides of they're just dead humans that are going to keep acting human and then you have beetlejuice right and and so I think they're a fascinating couple because no matter what happens in that film, and a lot of ludicrous things do happen, obviously, they still stand by one another. Mm-hmm. And so the Maitlands are a power couple in in a world of insane things. They're just a very boring power couple, but they're a power couple. So that was one that came to my mind automatically. I was like, "Yep, Adam and Barbara Maitland may be one of the the most compelling, reliable couples in cinema history." Oh, guys, this is where I'm struggling. I I know which one I'm going to do. But yeah, this is one of those ones where, man, do we do a second episode because there are so many great couples? Yes. Yes. Let's just go ahead and do do three or four and then do a second episode. So this is this is part one, gentlemen. We will, uh, ladies and gents, we'll be doing part two uh, next week because, again, there's just so many great couples. Um, So I'm going to end on one that maybe doesn't get thought up a lot but in terms of when i watch movies i feel like these two have some of the most perfect chemistry ever i'm talking about john cleese and jamie lee curtis in not only a fish called wanda but fierce creatures i agree and again it's two separate movies you know uh, even though they have pretty much the same cast and uh, as john cleese calls fierce creatures it's an equal not a sequel mm-hmm. um but they're their connection to the in those movies where you know they're they technically 
start out not loving one another. They actually, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is in it for a very specific reason. Um, well, a fish called Wanda, mm-hmm. um, fierce creatures is different, but you know, she's in this for a reason, but then she connects with John Cleese in such a way that it becomes love and you feel it. Uh, you feel that chemistry between the two. Um, and they do it in not only in a very comedic way as well. Uh, and then the same thing in, in fierce creatures, again, the, it's not as a romantic connection as fish called Wanda, but how they get together is hilarious. But then once they're together, you believe they love each other, even though they've only known each other for a grand total of half a day. You believe she loves him at the end of a fish called Wanda? No, I, don't I know do. If I buy you that. I don't know if that. You don't. That. You don't think they love each other by the end of that movie? Well, I think he's infatuated with her, and he's kind of a piece of shit. He just left his wife, wife and, and kids. kids. Yeah, I think we've that we just gloss over that he's getting on the plane with this lady, and he's got a wife and kids here in England as they go off with the. Now money. it's an asshole way, but his family's awful. It, they are. They, but well, his wife's awful. Yes. Y- yes. 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 <laughs> So and the kids uh, are all all kids suck. All kids. I want suck. I want a pony. I want a pony. All kids suck. <laughs> and if you know anything about John Cleese, who prefers his cats over most of his children, yeah, yeah, then yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes complete sense. And he's the he's one of the writers of this film as well. So I, I, he's the writer, yes. <laughs> uh, but no, I their chemistry. I just when you think of Hollywood couples, I don't think there are a lot that match that chemistry, especially now, honestly. Um, and by the way, we never even talked about the whole reason we did this movie is because Barbie and Barbie came out and, and the fact that Barbie and Ken are, the, you know, a Hollywood couple. But again, I don't, I even, even as well as they connect, I don't think in terms of a lot of even, well, uh, when we do part two, my list gets even more deep, but I just don't think there are anything that matches those two. I do. Go ahead. And I can't believe this wasn't James's number one. I really can't. I thought he'd steal it. Just like I thought one of you would grab the birdcage. And this one's an old one. This one's from a movie from 1934. But how are you all not said Nick and Nora from The Thin Man? Oh, no, no. It's, oh, it's on the list. Oh, my God. I forgot. It's on the list, man. But no, it, and you're absolutely right. I had to Google it just to make sure it came out in 34. For some odd reason in my head, it came out in 38. If there was a power couple that I wanted to be, that I wanted, you know, to. I, oh, I'm man. I did, I'll honestly just be a fly on the wall, hang out with them. Right? William Powell and Myrna Loy and Nick and Nora Charles. My Nick God. And that is. Thin Man. Uh, yep. I. I You've you've picked two that I've beat myself up that I didn't put that I didn't think of. I just that way and and okay, so you know how I like looking up lists. Yeah, this isn't on. You know, the birdcage is on some lists. There's a few others that are on some lists that how I. How many had Howard Duck? No, <laughs> about as many as I found with the Thin Man, which is well, kind of a problem. But how can they not keep William Powell and Mirna Loy on any list? Well, but you didn't think of it either. I blame I stuff. blame uh, Michael Cena. A lot of the stuff I saw on there or, or I was looking at is really in the last 20 or 30 years. And that's probably a problem. But yeah. I, I honestly thought James, oh, James, well, didn't if he didn't get it first, then James was going to do it second. Because I have another one that I'm going to say for our next one that's that's from the 30s. Well, there's yeah. a couple. Yeah. But, and one, I don't know. I, I love their relationship, but I don't think they're a great couple. That'll be an episode part two. 
Um, I think they're a great couple because I understand most of one side. But anyway, uh, we may do the may, this may be a three parter, folks. Of we pick the two best couples, and then the third part is we pick the worst ones. Worst, yeah. I was gonna say the worst sounds fascinating to me. Yeah. So, I, Nick and Donald Charles, guys, the thin. If you've never seen the Thin Man out there, I know it's in black and white. I know. I. Know. But it has a puppy. There is a great I Tom Savini is one of those people who I wish I'd never met because and it does have a puppy who because it kind of ruined it for me because he wasn't one of the people that I would want to hang out with. But he has a quote and I don't know if he stole it from someone or not, but I, I attribute it to him because that's who I heard say it's not an old movie. If you've never seen it, go uh, out and watch the thin man. If you I just started to- watching the sorry, Joe, I just started watching the thin man series a couple of years ago. That was the first time I'd ever watched it. And I've watched every single one. Just at least check out the first one. Yeah. You'll well, love it. You'll you, love it. Read, you will literally love it. Or see the, or, and then, and then you have to at least watch the second one because I believe that's Jimmy Stewart's first film. You'll love it. By the way, it's, it's, and if you don't know the origin of these characters, they're by Hammett. Hammett. Dashiell Hammett. Yeah. Hammett, who also gave us Sam Spade, the Maltese Falcon, mm-hmm. uh, the Continental, all these different characters, all these classic characters. And Nick and Nora Charles are the best loving drunks you'll ever watch on film. He also created Barney the Dinosaur. I don't think that's accurate. I think you're making things up. But Um, yeah, they're just, they and they have a cute puppy who goes along with them and they're rich and they're bored and they're solving crimes while they're drunk and partying. Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's Mir- Mirna Loy's not came drunk. out in the last 10 years. I was like, Mirna Loy's not drunk. William Powell, he's drunk. <laughs> well, yeah, but she's out having a good time too. She's just, but she wants and, to be, she wants to be the detective that he, he is and he won't let. Yeah. Because he's an ex detective who's a yeah, drunk yeah. who married well. Well, well yeah. his yeah. soulmate also is an heiress. Yeah. yeah. Why but could we all find one of those? But it's such a fun. Honestly, yeah, they're solving murders and stuff, but boy, it's a lot of fun. It's a yeah, lot. God, of, it's, they're, they're just they're fun. great. They are fun movies. I and it's one of those. I I when people ask me recommendations, like, well, hey, if I tell you to watch something in black and white, will you watch it? No. Well, then I don't even really want to talk to you. Yeah. Much yeah, less if give you cut you some you, of my if, knowledge. If you cut yourself off from Young Frankenstein, you're the monster. Yeah, absolutely. Or Frankenstein. I know. Yeah. I was just. Right though, or yeah. public, especially enemy. Bride of Frankenstein, especially Bride of Frankenstein. If that sorry, sorry, that that movie's just a co- comedic horror mess. It's a what, Joe? It's a what? A comedic horror mess. That is not what you said. What did I say? I'm not going to repeat it. I thought you actually said I heard comedic. So I, I heard I thought I right comedic. before then he he stumbled he stuttered and it came out another word. Does <laughs> At least that's what I heard. And then with you next Tuesday, Tuesday, yeah. I don't think I said it, but hey, you're one of those. If you won't watch a black and white picture, James. <laughs> All right, so this is the final one we're doing. This, this episode. is the final one, and this is going to be a shorter episode, and you'll enjoy it, folks, because you won't have to listen to us as long. Mick, you probably only made it this far. You love hearing about couples. Well. I'll be honest. So I've picked. I could spend. I could spend about five minutes talking about how my knee hurts. If you wanted to make it longer, no. That's. I think. No, I think some um, of our episodes are far too long. Just like I think <laughs> most comedies should never be more than ninety minutes. Most movies I, be more than ninety minutes. I, I hate to Oppenheimer warn you, but anyway. <laughs> uh, I know. Uh, but 
I've picked really flawed couples that I think work. And I'm going to close on that one because I think, and it's probably says more about me than anything else, but I can watch a film like the notebook, but I don't care about the couple when they're young. Yeah. I just had this not, conversation with somebody today who's telling me how much they love Nicholas Sparks. I don't, I, and I don't care about them when they're young. I, that's not what romance. That's not what coupling has been to me for me. That's probably because I don't. That's why look. James. That's why James hangs out at the nursing home. Well, it's the reason why they have an open relationship, so Dana can get the D. No, I don't look like Ryan Gosling. My wife settled for jacked don't, up teeth no, and heavy set. Don't set um, yourself short. You're a tremendous slouch. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not. But I think let's not talk about your ears either. I dude, there's a you pick a subject. I'm overweight. I got I bad believe teeth. he found a headset that would cover them. That's I uh, dude. I wear glasses. I'm blind as a bat. I mean, honestly, I don't know why anybody married me. But according to the state of Kentucky, we got that certificate saying it happened. So anyway, you got that hump. I uh, his lovely listen, lady hump. It's called it's called a scholar slouch. That's actually the term. <laughs> That's actually the term. It's from bending over books. Then why anyway. do I keep thinking lovely lady hump? Uh, why do you only have one instead of humps? <laughs> that's more on you, Joe. I think that's that's more you issues. Well, you're the me. one drawing all the dirty pictures. <laughs> Sorry. That's anyway, joke about an obscure joke, James and Chad. I. I so I I'm I'm drawn to movies that have couples that are are I don't want to say nuanced because that's not what, flawed. I think those are true couples, and I think nobody has made. I'm not a huge fan of uh, the the protagonist, the actor that plays the protagonist in this film. But I don't think anybody else has made a better. Oh my God, these people are so screwed up, but they actually work really well together and they save one another. Than Vincent Gallo in Buffalo '66. Oh, <laughs> oh, he had to work it in there. Yeah. No, I I do think if you if you watch the movie, Vincent Gallo <laughs> is a complicated character on a, uh, a complicated human being on a good on, day. Real quick, audience, if you ever get the chance, buy the Blu-ray special edition steel book steel book cover of the Brown Bunny to hear James Thomas no, no, audio no. commentary no. during the BJ no. scene. <laughs> no, uh, the two Vincent Gallo films I can say that you probably do need to see would be this one and The Funeral. The Funeral. Uh, Chris Penn. In the Actually, yeah, I will defend, if The Brown Bunny was a short film, it'd be really good. If but it was 20 minutes. Buffalo 66 is, he's been in prison, he gets out of prison, he hasn't told his parents he's in prison his parents angelica houston plays one of his his plays his mother they don't care about it but he so he wants them to care so bad he kidnaps uh layla played by christina ricci and takes her and says you have to pretend to be my wife because i haven't told them i'm in prison i need a cover story where i've been gives her the name of his high school sweetheart who they later run into in the film and it has one of the most compelling how screwed up these people are endings ever. Uh, and without ruining it for you, he d- he's he's going to kill the people that he feels screwed up his life. That's mm-hmm. what he's going to do. He's going to murder him in cold blood at a strip club. There you go. That's his plan. And I think that what's really compelling about it is, though, what turns him away from it and how it turns him away from it. And when he when it dawns on him, that he is still somehow worthy of 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 love, which he finds in this person that he kidnaps, and she 
is willing to accept him knowing how screwed up he is. I think that's a much more realistic. It's not realistic, but it's much more compelling and much more believable for me being a screwed up human being like I am than the notebook. By the way, I, I'm not knocking the notebook. I've seen it. I enjoy it. I think uh, James Garner should have won all the Oscars. Uh, right. But, James Garner. Yeah. James Garner. Um, but it's this, this plays more like I can see this. I I know this story better than I know the notebook. And that again, probably tells you about how unlucky I've been in relationships uh, in my couplings. But um, yeah, no Buffalo 66 is one that I couldn't think of a couple as I was saying, there, thinking about it because I think there is something compelling when the couple's, when they're both screwed up, but they, they help each other. They get better because of each other. That's yeah. what a couple can do. And I'm not a big believer in uh, that love conquers all. I don't think that's true. Uh, Hell, you can't even keep a closed marriage. No. Well, I mean, well, if love conquers all, I got a word for cancer. But anyway, the point being, uh, God, that got dark quick. Uh, and the word is pineapple. I think the pineapple is the thing for three. Have you heard of this? It's like people who like, they put pineapples outside if they're swapping. They're swingers. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know any of that till two weeks ago. Did oh, you really? know it? No, yeah, I knew it. no. I, pineapple's oh. my favorite fruit. I was just like, oh my God, I love pineapple. No, and now I understand why certain people were running away. I never attracted anybody with a pineapple. But, you know, which actually, think about it. Think about what that says about SpongeBob. He didn't just put one out on his yard. He lives in one. He lives in one, man. He is he is K, K, he is K Shelton this up. Okay, sponge sponges absorb a lot of stuff. That's all I'm gonna say about how SpongeBob be living his life. He'd be living his life with no regrets. But anyway, yes, if you've never seen Buffalo 66. So yes, yeah, so my three weird couples, I do have a ton more. I can't wait till we revisit this. Topic. All right. So next week we will do part two of this. Thank you so much. This has been our couples. And then we'll probably talk about even maybe the crappiest couples in cinema history. Oh, yeah. This has been Bonehead Weekly. Uh-huh. <laughs>